Welcome to 40 and Other F-Words, the podcast about getting older in the fiercest, fantastic, and most fabulous of ways. I'm your host, Renee Sagan. Now, almost two years into my 40s, I realized that your 40s kind of get a bad rap. Welcome back to 40 and Other F-Words. On today's episode, 40 and Falling in Love. When I was looking for love in my teens and 20s without a strong home example of what love should be, I looked to the example of the 80s and 90s rom-coms I loved to watch growing up. Baby and Johnny in Dirty Dancing, Sandy and Danny in Grease, Edward and Vivian in Pretty Woman, and Marcus and Angela in Boomerang. Looking back in my 40s, that list is pretty problematic. Baby and Johnny knew each other for five minutes and after shenanery where Baby sneaks behind her parents' back and pays for an illegal abortion for Penny and then throws herself at Johnny, do we really think they end up together? Like, how is Baby, who's going off to college, going to keep a relationship with Johnny? This is pre-internet, pre-cell phone, all letters. And do you really think that after taking Baby out of the corner, Johnny gets to keep his job at Kellerman's? As an adult in my 40s, I look for things for their longevity and not just their temporary endorphin rush. Sandy and Danny Zuko. Their relationship starts with a lie and ends with it only working because Sandy puts on leather pants. I mean, Danny's kind of a jerk. He tries to cop a feel at the drive-in and then cries about himself being stranded. Then on top of that, he embarrasses Sandy on the American bandstand because he wants to hand drive with Chacha de Gregorio. Sandy changes her whole vibe to include smoking cigarettes and being sexy to get her man. 40-year-old me looks back and says, you can't keep that charade up, girl. You will tire, Sandy. You will long for your yellow sweater, long skirts, and kids. Vivian is a prostitute, and Edward pays her to be his beck and call girl. And of course, after Vivian cleans up and gets classy, after she says who, after she says when, after she says how much, we believe that Edward and Vivian end up together. What transferable skills does Vivian have to make a lasting relationship with Edward? Love is different when you're not getting paid to play a part. In Boomerang, Marcus is a dog of an ad executive, and he finally meets his match in Jacqueline, played by Robin Givens, who treats Marcus the way he's treated women in his life, as disposable and props. So when Jacqueline breaks his heart, he finds himself making out with his good friend, Angela. You think, ooh, they can make this work. Angela with her short, cute hair. Love is better when you're friends first. But then Marcus goes on a late night rendezvous with Jacqueline behind Angela's back. Angela waits up for him at his house in his bed. The classic line, love should have brought your ass home last night. And then she leaves him. Cue the Tony Braxton classic. Eventually, Marcus finds Angela and declares he has changed his ways in like five minutes. As an adult, I ask myself, does he though? Within minutes, he's checking out other girls on the street. The thing is, these movies I grew up on have these pervasive themes that love transforms Johnny into being able to go to college with Baby and Danny into being smart enough to keep up with Sandy or Vivian from a hooker to housewife and Marcus turns from a man incapable of a deep relationship into Mr. Commitment. For years, I was looking for my meet-cute rom-com love story. I would fall in love with different guys and like Sandy from Greece, Baby out of the corner, Angela waiting for love to come home, and Vivian wearing Versace, I would want to transform into what I believed the men in my life wanted me to be. I didn't feel like I was good enough just as I was, so I tried to make myself what they would want me to be. 
In my broken little brain, I thought, this is what's going to lure them in. And when they discover me for who I am, underneath it all, just like Prince Charming making passes for Cinderella, for lying to him about her identity, they wouldn't be able to help but fall in love with me, right? Eventually, the facade of perfect would get heavy and I would get tired. Then they would want to leave me. And eventually they all would. Because when I started being quote unquote myself, they would say, Renee, you've changed. And they wouldn't be lying and they wouldn't be wrong. I had changed, dropped the facade and become who I really was. In resentment, I would think I did so much to make you happy, not realizing that in doing so, in changing myself to be palatable, in marketing myself to be the perfect person for them, I was sacrificing the true nature of myself. This want to find love by any means necessary was fueled by the need to get married. It seemed like a natural step. Fall in love, get married, have babies. Sure, I wanted to live a life with someone, but more so, I really wanted to be a mom. At some point, like birth my own babies. So especially in my 30s, I would wake up every day with the deadline, due date, due date, due date, coming up, coming up, coming up. And I thought to myself every day, will today be the day that love finds me so I can plan a big party, have a cake, go on a nice trip and have some babies? But then my image hack and bait and switch didn't work. When I think about it, what was I trying to do? Trap and manipulate someone into falling in love with me? And then what? Was it going to yell surprise? That's not me after all. Gotcha. Just kidding. Too late. We're already married. Let's live life in misery of unmet expectations forever and ever and ever. And when we realize we can't fix each other, let's solve our loneliness and bring some babies into that. Thankful that I didn't get my way plenty of times praying that prayer. And that isn't the story of my life. What do they say? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. I've replicated my insanity of shape-shifting to what I thought was the ideal woman for the final time in my 30s and found myself single, alone, and hopeless. Sometimes it takes a heartbreak so deep and so rocking that it leaves you unable to function, that it blasts the faulty foundation you've built your life on. It will feel like garbage at the time. But the blessing of foundation-shaking heartbreak is you get the opportunity to create a newer, stronger foundation and build on that. I told myself, Renee, every time you deny yourself authenticity, you are giving permission for people not to value the real you. At that point, and with Jesus in therapy, I realized it was time to drop the act and recognize that before I could fall in love with the right person, I had to become the right person to myself first. Dating in your 40s can be complicated. Not everyone has the same intentions. Some people are here for a good time, not a long time. I am dating for connection and to hopefully find someone I can love. It's been a long road. I've been dating since I was 15. I'd be lying to you if I didn't tell you I was exhausted. In 25 years of dating, the landscape has changed considerably. We went from you could get killed online dating to everybody's doing it and now we even share our location. In my 20s, mostly everyone I hung out with was single, so going on dates was easier. We were all vetting through our pipeline. Now in my 40s, the pipeline is a bit muddier. I love when my married friends are like, if I was single, I'd be having the time of my life. Do you, Susan? Do you really think it's awesome out here, Susan? You think it's a party out here? 
Well, let me give you a picture of the landscape. It's not all drinks and nights out, just like being married isn't all cuddles and butt grabs. Some people are married, some people are single, some people are married acting single. And since we have all lived a bit more life, there is some baggage that comes with that. And you have to figure out whose bags you're willing to carry along with yours. Here are my rules for dating in my 40s. My age range is eight up and eight down. I will date someone eight years older or eight years younger. Any more than eight years down and they don't remember cassette tapes. And any older than eight years, they might need tech support with their iPhone. I ask early on, is there anyone who could be upset if they found out you were dating me? Listen, I was an accidental mistress three different times. After a while, you know how to ask the questions that matter. Integrity matters to me, period. I often watch what someone feels comfortable lying about. That'll give me an answer. Can you communicate? I'm too grown to be teaching someone how to use their words. And finally, red flags, flares, and full fireworks, the bad kind, come out when someone I'm dating mentions that every one of their exes is crazy. All of them? Like in totality, every ex you have is crazy? Because at some point, you, sir, are the common denominator. You likely made them crazy. In my 20s, I was looking for butterflies, rainbows, and pipe dreams. I have plenty of friends who got married in their 20s and involved with their partners. Listen, you have more energy to take on a project in your 20s. I just don't have it in my 40s. I used to want Mr. Swag with the charisma and the sweet talk. Oh, what I would swoon for in my 20s and 30s. You got this meal at Red Robin? Oh, bottomless fries, did you say? That's hot. Now in my 40s, what I expect is less complicated and more valuable to me. I've had practical conversations with myself about what being a wife and mother at my age would look like. By the time I have kids, I will be closer to 50 than 30. If it's God's will, I'll happily welcome natural children, adopted children, or stepchildren. But it's not the be-all and end-all of my life. I've taken all of the pressure off. I'm looking for a good man with a good heart, stability, character, integrity, someone that is surrounded by a good network of friends who hold him accountable, and someone who has the humility to listen, but the confidence to speak up. Benefits and 401k preferred but not required. More importantly, I'm looking for shared interests and someone that I can trust my full self with. If I knew in my 20s what I know now, I would tell myself to take the pressure off of a timeline and don't strangle love. Let love find you with ease and grace. Let love find you for who you are, not who you want them to think you are. And more importantly, when something isn't working for you, learn when it's time to say goodbye rather than trying to duct tape a relationship together because you just don't want to be alone. I'd rather be single and alone than in a relationship with the wrong person and trying to make it work. Also, quit auditioning for a role you already have. And also, start vetting the people that you're dealing with. You're not the only one trying to be in a relationship. They're trying to be in a relationship with you too. There are a lot of stories that I didn't get to share here. And I'd love to do another episode with single moms dating in their 40s or someone that has been married that's finding themselves in the dating pool again. More to come on that later this season. 40 and Other F-Words is executive produced edited and hosted by me, Renee Sagan. Music by Jimmy Javier. Have ideas for the show? Follow me on Twitter at Renee Sagan or on Instagram at Renee Sagan or on Facebook, Renee P. Sagan. Like, follow, and subscribe to 40 and Other F-Words on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you, and we'll see you next week.